We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hi, everyone. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And this is another episode of A Spooky Tales, the podcast where we tell you all about spooky things in Latin America and sometimes true crime, like today. That's what I'm bringing, a true crime case. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And MJ's back. Yeah, I'm back. It's been... Yeah. Woo. Life's been, been happening. A... Yeah. Yeah. But glad you're back. Glad you're here with us. Missed you. I missed recording. But I was like, oh, weird for the past two weeks. Grieving is weird, you guys. It's really weird. It is. Uh, I can attest to that, too. Uh, some days are normal. Some days are a hot mess. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, also, we're both like in the beginnings of cold, it seems. So, yeah. Something. <laughs> Something. <Woo. laughs> we're in different states, but both sick. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we we borrowed uh, from the playbook of one of my favorite podcasts, uh, and that's why we drink. I don't know if you've listened to that, MJ, but every ca- every episode, one of them tells a paranormal case, you know, they're one a true crime mm-hmm. case, and that's kind of what we're doing today. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, that's exactly what we're doing today. I don't know why I said kind of. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to be telling you about the uh, case of La Pistolera, just because I saw the name and I was like, what is this? I'm intrigued. I don't think I've ever heard of this case. So, I, I, exciting. Aside from, I think, the link you sent me, I never heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't either. I honestly don't even remember how I came across this. I was trying to think about that and I was like, why did I, why do I even know about this? I don't know. <laughs> I forgot already. It's cause, you know, you start like looking things up and then you just kind of go down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yeah. That's how I think that's how I ended up here. Well, so that's think. how my notes happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's this? Click. Oh, what's this? Click, 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 click. Yeah. Also, I forgot to bring up a listener story. Let me do that really quick. And if we already read it and we're just reading it, hey, uh, maybe someone missed it the first time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this was sent in via Instagram. If you want to send your own story for us to read on the podcast, you can email spookytales at gmail.com or send us a DM on any of our socials. We're just at spookytales everywhere, just together. So this person said, Hello, I have been listening to your podcast for a while now and really enjoy and appreciate it. Sometimes my son will listen with me as well. And even though he's 10, he always loves the stories. So uh, we love an spooky child. So this is great. Although, I'm sorry about all the bad words. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, I have a few experiences in my life that are unexplainable, but thought I would share one specific story because it's one that scared me the most. In my late teens, early 20s, I was in a very toxic, physically, and emotionally abusive relationship. The person I was with had a very traumatic past, and this trauma and pain and anger was carried into the present with them, and in turn affected me. We lived together on and off in a house he shared with his mother, and the house itself did not have the best energy. One day, after a pretty bad fight, I was so physically and emotionally exhausted that I fell asleep on the couch. A while later, I woke up, or thought I woke up, but I couldn't move. 
Standing above me was a shadow man. He was completely black and looked like he was wearing a white brimmed hat. Ooh, not the hat man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I couldn't see any features on his face, but immediately knew he was a male entity and it felt like he was smiling an evil smile. There was so much anger and hatred coming from him. Finally, I was able to close my eyes as tightly as I could. And when I opened them again, he was gone and I could move. I have experienced sleep paralysis before and after, but I only ever saw this entity once. I truly believe he was there because of the terrible things that were happening in that house and relationship. Or that maybe he was attached to my ex-partner himself. I'm thankful now it's been 10 years since I left that relationship. My son saved me. And then they said, thank you for sharing all the amazing stories you include in the podcast. I really enjoy and learn a lot. I'm a teacher and a lot of my students are from different parts of Mexico and El Salvador. And they have so many spooky stories to tell, too. It seems like everyone's drunk Theo has run into La Llorona at least once. (laughs) So true. So true. (laughs) Also so glad that you are no longer in that relationship. Um, But yeah, totally sounds like the hat man. Um, I think we said on, we've said it multiple times, but specifically on our Shadow People episode that they often appear because of like negative energy like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And And especially the hat man. Yeah, the hat man. And often people only see him once. Yes. It's really It's almost like a sign like, hey, something needs to change or I'm going to be back. No, he doesn't. (laughs) But yeah, it's like uh, like sometimes people only see him once. But I have heard of other cases. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Some people think that it's a guardian angel telling uh, telling you to like get the hell out. Some people think it's negative energy manifesting whatever it is or whatever you believe um i'm glad you're not experiencing it anymore because same yeah yeah was that a yeah at the same time (laughs) (laughs) um do you want to go first i think my case is like way longer uh yeah i can so Uh, I have been hearing a lot about UAP sightings in Mexico, and there was a UAP sighting that happened a few weeks ago over Mexico that crossed several Mexican states. I think it was specifically Oaxaca and Zacatecas, and I think a few other other ones on the, um, the Pacific coast. But I do believe NASA later released a statement saying that it was one of, uh, it was like their drones and they were doing some kind of test. Oh, However, I have been having UFOs on my mind, and I thought to myself, why not? Let's talk about UAPs. Uh, for those who are not so much into the alien UAP, UAPs stand for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. And that's like the government, like the government's new way of saying UFO. So they don't use UFO anymore. It's outdated. It's, uh, <laughs> it's UAPs. <laughs> like so many words. Of yesterday, it's now outdated. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how you could tell. Like I, I think like uh, the newer generation from the older ones, is if they use UFO or UAP. Like hey, which one do um, you some use? Some of us, some of us get with the times. Okay, <laughs> that and is then true. You can't even tell. That's that is like, true. Because we're I, we're saying UAP now. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is true. Um, so this will somewhat also be a news segment as NASA has some news. On October 21st of this year, NASA <laughs> announced that it has assigned 16 members to a team that they that will study UAPs. 
The study began on October 24th, 2022. It will be a nine-month nine study, and this study will be on unclassified data. Because UAPs are a national defense concern and as well as a concern for aircraft safety, um, we may be getting some answers soon. Or not. Exciting. But or there's, not. Yeah. <laughs> but they're studying it. <laughs> and um, they barely released uh, the statement about like a week or two ago. Hmm. So this is fairly recent news. And I was like, how come this? How come I, it wasn't on my feed? You would think it would be yeah. a, a bigger story. Yeah, I didn't know about it. And this is also very strange because about a month or two ago, the um, NIM website... A U.S. intelligence office had uploaded a logo with a UFO on it, and they quickly took it down. They were not hacked, as far as I know, and they released a state statement that said something along the lines of, we uploaded the wrong logo, and it was unofficial and incorrect. Why did the other logo exist? Although, like, <laughs> legit, if I was in charge of the social media, I would do some shit like that. Like, let me just throw a UFO on here and see what happens. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let me throw a UAP on here and see what happens. <laughs> but I, I love that. Like, I need stickers because it was honestly, I love that logo. It was a really cute logo. Yeah. It's just a little flying saucer on it. It was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you have been keeping up with the DOD, and the leaked footage, it's shocking a little bit how transparent they have been lately the past, like, what, two, three years? Mm-hmm. Also equally as shocking that our government has said, we don't know what the fuck these things are. <laughs> yeah, when that big report came out, um, like, a year ago now, or maybe more, mm-hmm. um, I think we talked about it in one of our other UFO episodes, but... Yeah, they basically said, yeah, these things exist, but we don't know what they are. <laughs> I'm like, so you're telling me we're sitting ducks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever the, this thing is, we're we're okay thanks to their their kindness. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the logo was really cute, and I'm kind of sad that they had to take it down. Because I was like, you know what? They should have kept it. I, I wouldn't have been <laughs> mad. I would wear it in a hat. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> like they're really missing like uh like they should have like a merch website with this stuff on it honestly. <laughs> so, uh aside from that, the latest update from the United States government, let's get into some UAP sightings. There was a sighting over Jalisco, Mexico back on September 7th of 2022. It happened this year. So, for future listeners, 2022 for current listeners this year this year yeah uh -huh. um and a family recorded this encounter and it went a bit viral in mexico and the ufo you you <laughs> that's a new name no. that's a new term now i'm thinking about like an alien justice of food oh no with Love the cortez it. and everything <laughs> yes so <laughs> this went viral in the UFO community. And um, in the video, you can hear a man speaking, telling others to look. And he says, mira, mira, eso es una nave, which translates to, look, look, that's a ship. And he goes on to say that it's spinning. In the video, you can see that this, this thing, whatever, it's either the lights are spinning 
or the whole mm-hmm. thing is spinning, but you see some movement. And in the video, you can also hear them say, no mames. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I was like, no. Was but this- there was for sure something that was like, vete la verga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, like, oh, my God. Like Spanish speakers. When when um, like when scary- we are afraid. Yes. We say some shit. And it's, you know, it's like it's supposed to be scary. But in the end, it ends up being funny. Yeah. This is why we're not in horror movies. Because like if if. Freddie was stabbing one of us. We'd be like, no mama's way. Why are you doing this? Vete la verga. Puta tu Shit like that, you know? Yeah, so. and it wouldn't be like scary. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at, look at me laughing at somebody getting stabbed. <laughs> you had to say a la verga. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, hijo de. <laughs> yeah, I, well, when, I think... Uh, I think this is a Salvadoran thing, but my dad all the time would be like, a la gran puchica, when he would be mad. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to say. Like, even just out of nowhere, Carmen and I had a phase where we would just be like, a la gran puchica. <laughs> like, we don't say a lot of Salvadoran words, but that is one of them because I love it. It's it's a great uh, word. My, uh, my best friend growing up was Salvadorian and she would say puchica a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then there would be me, like if there was like an entire thing where like young ass, like elementary school age and middle school age me would be like puchica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, it's just a great word. <laughs> and like sometimes like it's a word that just the way you use it just makes sense, like the context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's hilarious. And um, and the man in the video, I don't know if he's the one recording or he's just by the person who's recording but he goes on to say that he see he has seen this object two or three times before but was never able to record it and i believe this is the same uap that was filmed from various different angles i've i've seen uh the video on tiktok youtube twitter um so if anyone wants to look for it um look up ufo sightings 2022 mexico and it's the first video that popped up for me on TikTok. And um, I did find a video on YouTube where it's uh, various angles compiled. Ooh, and, yes, I think I watched it. Yeah. And there are people screaming and people cussing. <laughs> you know, I'm probably going to I will probably take this and record myself in front of it making faces while we're watching this. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> and post it on TikTok and Instagram after this episode airs. So. You know, it's funny, though, like I could like I always think that I'm going to be like, oh, my God, look at a UFO and like get closer. But I know for a fact <laughs> I'd run away and I'm like, how are you? OK, people- let me tell you that I well, I already shared this in our one of our UFO episodes. But my mom told me that we saw one in Modesto and I don't even remember this happening, but we just immediately ran inside. Like everyone just ran <laughs> in the neighborhood because we would play basketball outside. So it just happened to be one of the times that everyone was outside the whole neighborhood, like all the all the friends you know and mm-hmm. so we all saw it apparently because my mom was out there too and then we all ran inside yeah and you know what's crazy i hear a lot of uh, uh ufo sightings from modesto like yeah. lulu saw one i think she told her story the last time she was on yes yeah she did um uh, because i remember uh, all of us saying like yeah that this was a thing in the 209 yeah and it happens fairly often because i know you uh UAP sightings in the area have been happening since it's been happening for like a few decades now. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, 209 listeners, send us your stories. I know you have them. Yes. And I know there's a lot of you because I look at our analytics. Yeah. There's a lot of... (laughs) California is probably one of our number one uh, listener states. And I know there's stories because there was a wave back in like 2012, 2013, I want to say. And it like made the local news. Mm -hmm. So send us your stories. So Mm -hmm. um, a very, if not identical sighting happened uh, in the States this year as well this happened in new mexico and entirely different backdrop in the jalisco video it's like in a rancho and you could see that it's in a rancho there's a pickup truck and cars and it's an open space and you could see you know Mm -hmm. the ufo hovering above and uh the sighting in new mexico it's either a house or an apartment building i can't really tell but it's obviously a home and um this thing is just you know, flying like not right above the the building, but like up above in the sky somewhere. Mm-hmm. And to me, it looks identical. Yeah, they looked. Uh, yeah, they looked very similar, if not identical. Yeah, and people have somewhat of the same reaction in the Jalisco video. It's cussing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one in New Mexico, though, has someone was throwing like throwing a uh, shooting shots at it. Like, with the gun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then, like, you can hear this person in the in the video, like, they're, they're speaking English, and they're like, who's shooting at it? Who's <laughs> <laughs> shooting at I'm it? I'm like, bro. Okay, but, like, we all know someone who would do that. Who would try that Especially shit, in, like, Especially <laughs> in the 209. And, oh, wait, was this in Mexico yeah, or no, New Mexico? No, New Mexico. New Mexico, yeah. No, yeah. You're right. <laughs> I can see this happening in... Arizona, New Mexico, especially Texas, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there, will, there will be someone, like, shooting at a UAP, and I'll be like, bro, if they send, <laughs> if they got you with lasers, you kind of deserve it. You're asking for it. But not yeah. me. I'd I'm not like, doing if that. So don't make them laser us. Put it away. <laughs> be like, UAP, laser that person. I was behaving i know you have some precise shit up there you can aim at that person <laughs> but yeah they would especially here in the states they, they would mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so uh there is a video on youtube and then the ufo researcher who compiled the videos called jalisco jalisco <laughs> but be nice guys <laughs> I will say a lot of these, especially TikTok, they have like a, a, a automatic voice that uh-huh. like it's a voiceover thing and it pronounces things horribly. And that's what that sounded like to me. I don't know. It's the one on YouTube. And I think the guy, the guy who's recording it, like, I just think English isn't his first language and for oh. sure not Spanish. OK, so, but yeah. So he said Jalisco. Jalisco. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would do that, too, if I didn't know what I was looking at. A lot of people that don't know... Spanish is a first language and are learning it accidentally say hacienda all the time instead of oh, hacienda. Oh, yes, yes, that's That shit true. is confusing. Like It is. Spanish, uh, like, okay, you know how, like, you're, you you grew up, grow up speaking Spanish and then you think you're, like, you take Spanish for Spanish speakers and you're, like, what the fuck, fuck is Spanish this Spanish for Spanish speakers. I, why were we talking about Spanish accents the other day in our chat and I was, like, <laughs> oh that's right because i was trying to find a topic and i had to listen to some spanish 
guy from Spain speaking in a podcast. And I was like, I hate this accent. I, I hate it, too, because like um, I understand if you have a lisp and it's like just because that's how you were born. I get that. But the Spanish accent like has a lisp. Se pasan. They <laughs> yes. exaggerate. Yes. yes. It's like, yo, you have a, a lisp on purpose and you could tell it's on purpose and it sounds horrible. There's a TikTok that was like a Spanish girl speaking like that. And then uh, someone, I don't know if they were Mexican or what kind, you know, wherever they mm-hmm. were from, but they stitched it and they were like, okay, like, why did we all get shit on? Or she was like saying that she was in Spain speaking Spanish. She was visiting Spain, visiting the colonizers. And then she was like, um, they said like, oh, you're not, you're from one of our colonies yes. like that's what they told her and then she was like but like our spanish sounds way better and i agree with i her. agree like, <laughs> well let's get back to the spookiness yes. before we go off <laughs> before, too far before off we start ranting here. and getting angry <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> all that to say that um spanish for spanish speakers um sucks <laughs> yeah it sucks would not recommend <laughs> no um zero out of zero yes (laughs) and there was also a triangle ufo sighting in tijuana on june of this year so june 2022 for our future listeners uh (laughs) a resident of tijuana recorded the incident posted it on tiktok and it's just hovering above the city and it starts off with like three lights and two and i couldn't find the original video but another user had posted it and like this dude was really calm, all things considered, because not I. Wow. Uh, wow I was ta- I. I was telling you guys and I'm pretty sure I told the, the spooky listeners that um, I saw the Starlink satellite train yes. last year. I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my soul left my body. I was oh like, what the God. fuck is that shit? <laughs> my soul was like, listen, you're going to get abducted, but not me. <laughs> it just left <laughs> oh my god so i could only imagine my reaction if i saw a real uap i'd be like no nope. right same i'd be like same deny though. deny deny ain't no man in black coming after me i don't I know what you're talking about because apparently i have seen one and i completely forgot so <laughs> so uh, suspicious or just because i have a hair i have a terrible brain so actually I can't even blame the men in black. I just there's a lot of things that I don't know why I don't remember them. Yeah. So. You just like get a knock at the from the MIB and be like, listen, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? What is this? Oh no, what's going on? <laughs> my brain pressed delete, you guys. Did my brain mm-hmm. did the work for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, I found and like this is a rabbit hole, you guys, if you go to UAP sightings in just Mexico alone, and I can only imagine South America because I feel like South America has one of the highest like UAP sightings in the world. I want to say it's mm-hmm. like Brazil and stuff, but there's so many videos. There's videos captured on um, people's home security cameras. Mm hmm. There's videos of, uh, there was a video of, uh, I want to say people either on like a cruise ship or or something, they were like at the beach or something, and they see uh, UAPs coming out of the water and coming into the water, and it's all weird. Mm, And it's a rabbit hole, you guys. Yeah. And it just weirds me out, and I'm going to be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but all this 
UFO shit and the United States government being like, they're real. Kind of like, hmm, suspicious. Yeah. And I feel like there's more um, sightings. I think this year. Yeah, it seems like they've been on the rise. That's just me. That's not official thing. Yeah. It just looks like I want to say it's to on the rise. There's more. Because I've been hearing about it um a lot in like Mexico and down in the south where like the border states they get a lot mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. And I'm like that's suspicious. That's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's that's my UAP stories. Welcome to our little haunted break. I want to give a shout out to our amazing Patreons and especially our newest patrons, Maribel and Gina. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon and thank you to the rest of our Patreons. Mimi, Diana, Ashes, Anne, Janie, Michelle, Monica, Modesto, Cynthia, Perla, Jesenia, Dalia, Rene, Iris, Ghost Train, and Bartown Charity. Your support means the world to us. If you want to join the Patreon, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash tales. You'll gain access to bonus episodes. We try to do two a month, but always at least one. You get to vote on the movie night uh, polls where you choose the movie night that we're going to be watching and monthly goodies like stickers. And if you join the highest tier, no mames, super serious and spooky, then you get an exclusive keychain. But don't worry. If you cannot support us monetarily, then you are not missing out on anything. The best support that you can give us is just listening to our episodes here. So thank you for doing that. Do you ever wonder what was there before Dodger Stadium? Or how hard shell tacos are actually pretty Mexican? Or how about the horrible history behind international adoption in Guatemala? Join us, Carmen and Christina, as we tell each other stories about capitalism, corruption, obscure history. And sometimes all three. Usually all three. Listen to Historias Unknown, new episodes every Thursday, available in your favorite podcast app and at historiasunknown.com. Okay, okay. Well, are you are you ready to hear about La Pistolera? Yes, I am. Which I guess translates into the holster or is it like the gun woman? I want I don't know, like both maybe? Because a pistolera is a holster that you put the gun yeah, into. But, but also, they're calling her a pistolera because she has guns. So like a gun gunslinger? Gunslinger, yes, but like a woman gunslinger yeah. because because um, that's gender. what it was. That's the first thing that popped into my mind, like a woman gunslinger. So smart because my dumbass was like holster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that too. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense, but yeah. So her her name or her moniker became La Pistolera, not her real name. She was born Sharon Elizabeth Hall. And I'm going to take you on this wild journey. Um, so strap in. It's a little long because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to share her life story and, and how this even ends up in Mexico because she's white. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that it's what wild. happens? Like all the white criminals try to go to Mexico. Uh, so uh, Sharon Elizabeth Hall was born on November 30th 1939 in Independence Missouri when she was 15 her parents Eugene and Doris Hall moved to uh, move the family to Washington for work Uh, but they were all back in Independence Missouri within the year I guess whatever they were trying didn't work out Mm -hmm. 
And it was during this summer at age 16 that Sharon Elizabeth Hall met 22-year-old James Kinney during a church event. And I mean, I guess, you know, this was a little more normal back then. I would look at that now and be like, what? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, 22 and 15, uh, yeah, we would frown upon that right now. It's but, gross. Uh, back then, it was a, I guess it was normal. I don't know. I mean, it might have been normal. <laughs> it was still gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was summer love, but in the fall, James had to return to Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. And so they tried a long distance thing. And by her own accounts, Sharon saw James as a way out of Independence, Missouri, out of her shitty hometown. That's what she said. Those are her words. Actually, I uh, I added those in, but <laughs> I don't know what Independence is like. Uh, but, but it was like a, she wanted to leave this place, right? Mm-hmm. So she wrote him a letter where she told him that she was pregnant and he immediately left uh, BYU to marry her. And so they got married on October 18th, 1956. Um, but they put that she was 18 on the marriage license and for some reason also claimed that she was a widow. I don't know why. Like this is never explained. What the hell? It wasn't true either. Um, she would lie and say that she was a widow and her husband died in a car accident. But I'm like, I don't know why this lie was ever. That's it didn't need weird. to be said. <laughs> yeah, very random. Um, <laughs> the next year, they had a more formal wedding in Salt Lake City. And uh, Sharon officially joined the Church of Latter-day Saints, which James belonged to. Some Mormons. After the more formal wedding, they returned to Provo so that James could finish his degree. But by the fall semester, he um, put his degree on pause again. And at some point during all of this, um, Sharon claimed to have miscarried the baby that, you know, caused the marriage in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then they returned to Independence, the place she was trying to leave. (laughs) And settled there. Uh, so they both began working. Sharon did some babysitting and tended shops. I don't know what that is. Tended shops. I think she, she was like, the, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, and James became an electrical engineer. And she soon became pregnant again. And uh, in the fall of 1957, she gave birth to uh, a baby girl that they named Dana. It's spelled D A N. N-A. So there's two N's. I don't know if that's Dana or like some other pronunci- Dana, pronunciation. Dana, I don't know. I don't know. Every time I see the double N, it, it makes me question if it's like something else. <laughs> yes. So uh, Sharon was back in the town that she wanted to escape so badly with a kid and a busy working husband. And by some accounts and her own, she felt bored and unf- unfulfilled with her life. Um, She was known to be a big spender and she wanted a luxurious lifestyle that James just couldn't give her. Um, But she also couldn't leave him. Uh, At some point, they had a second child, uh, Troy, a a boy. Uh, And uh, by that point, Sharon was apparently regularly cheating on James. And I have to say, if you have the energy for that uh, after a second newborn, like that's wild. Uh, Yeah. More power to her, I guess, because. Uh, yeah, I was dying. I was a mommy <laughs> for like, yeah, I'm a, a mommy for time. like the first three years of my kid's life. Yeah. Uh, so that's impressive, to be honest, mm-hmm. that she was like, had two kids and was regularly cheating on James. Poor James. 
uh, one of she had a lot of affair partners. It wasn't just one. Um, so, girl, what are you drinking in the morning? Is yeah. it is it what Blippy has in the morning? Right, I need that shit. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> um, one of her regular affair partners was a high school friend named John Boldies. Boldies, mm-hmm. Boldies. I don't know. Uh, it got to the point where she neglected her children at her home. To partake in her extramarital affairs. So by 1960, James wanted a divorce. He couldn't keep up with Sharon's spending habits. And he, this is when he started to suspect her cheating. <laughs> and <laughs> that much later. Uh, and then in March of 1960, um, he went to his parents to tell them that he wanted a divorce. And they strongly discouraged it um, because they were devout Mormons. So it would be wrong. And even though he thought she was cheating and that she was like spending all this money he didn't have, they were like, no, you shouldn't leave this marriage. And he listened to them. But apparently he was not the only one wanting to leave. Sharon was also looking for ways out of the marriage. And she had asked her regular side piece, John Boldis, Boldis, um, to kill James Kinney for her, her husband, for $1,000. And he said no. And later he's like, oh, I thought that, I thought it was a joke. Like, I'm sorry, that's not a joke. <laughs> hey, MJ, what if I paid you a thousand dollars to kill? Like, right? Like, that's weird. <laughs> that's not a. That's she was. She was. My dead prices serious. are much higher. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, that's not <laughs> enough. I need I'm more sorry. Than I'm like risking life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me like half. No, I'll take. I'll take a, a, a billion, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I would not do it for a thousand. It needed to. It would need to be a lot. Um, that I, for me to even consider it because I just don't know morally if I could do it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so at five thirty on March nineteenth, nineteen sixty, the sound of a single gunshot was heard in the kitty home. Police arrived at the scene and Sharon told them that she heard a gunshot in the bedroom where James was sleeping. And when she entered, she found their two-year-old daughter holding one of her husband's guns. He had been shot in the back of the head and he he died en route to the hospital. So, I don't know. (laughs) Immediately when I read that, I was like, I don't think it was the daughter. Uh, That's kind of messed up if you, like, kill your husband and you're trying to pin it on your child. Yes! What the (laughs) hell? Uh, so uh, investigators like myself found her story suspicious, but there were no fingerprints found on the gun. And also many of the friends had reported that Dana, uh, the two year old and James regularly played pretend shoot with his real gun. What the so hell? She- <laughs> I don't know. Is that I, that can't be normal so even for the times. Right. Poor children had two stupid parents. Yeah, um, and police had the little girl show them that she could pull the trigger, and she could. So it wasn't like, it wasn't impossible that she accidentally did this, mm-hmm. though to, it was still far-fetched. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no evidence against uh, Sharon either. So his death was declared accidental, and Sharon was awarded his life insurance money. Wow. 29000 Damn. That's a lot for that time, I think. Right? Yeah. In today's money, that would have been $230,000. Oh, shit. That's hella money. Yeah. So it's just sad that he went to his parents in March. And if maybe they had told him, yeah, get divorced, he would have been alive. Yeah. 
because that was in the beginning of March, and March nineteenth, he was dead. Like that's uh, that's very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in April of that same year, nineteen sixty, a month after James' death, is that a month? April, sorry, March, April, May. Yeah, wow. Okay, so a month after James' death, uh, Sharon bought a Ford Thunderbird from a car salesman named Walter Jones, and uh, somehow like they hit it off and began a relationship. Okay. <laughs> A month after <laughs> his death. Um, so uh, Walter was already in a relationship. He was married. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> he was married to Patricia Jones. Together they had two children. And throughout their five-year marriage, Walter apparently had a wandering eye. <laughs> so he was regularly cheating on Patricia, but he always promised he would change and so she would stay. Plus, like, at that this time, it was still very taboo to, you know, leave your partner, so. Sharon and Walter met frequently, and though Sharon thought that Walter was, uh, Walter would make a good second husband, Walter had zero interest in leaving his wife, even if he was, like, regularly cheating on her, he still didn't want to leave her. Sharon had other boyfriends or hookups, and she had asked one of them to buy her a gun, because she was never able to get the gun that was used uh, to kill James um, back. The police had that in custody. And she apparently tried to ask for it back. What? Which is suspicious. <laughs> so one of her side pieces. Oh, I guess at this point it's not a side piece because she's not married anymore, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. The One of her lovers uh, did this for her. Got the gun. Registered it under her name first. And then she was like, uh, what are you doing? I don't want this under my name. And this wasn't suspicious to him, so he went and changed it under his own name. <laughs> Tan pendejo. <laughs> right? Like, that's the uh, you, you, that's dumb. <laughs> so, uh, Sharon invi- invited Walter on a trip to Washington, and he declined. Like, he couldn't just up and leave. He has a family, right? Mm-hmm. So, this bothered Sharon. And even though when she returned on May 25th, they still hooked up. It wasn't the same relationship. Sharon told Walter she was pregnant and that he was the father and she was expecting him to leave his wife for her at that very moment. And he instead was like, uh, there's no way that I'm the father. You've been sleeping around with a bunch of guys like this. Not, I'm not the father. And he entered their relationship. Sharon threatened to tell Patricia, but he was like, uh, I don't believe you. He didn't believe her. So this was on May 25th. Uh, and then... On May 26th, Patricia did not make it home. Uh, Walter was waiting for her after work and she just, you know, she didn't get there. Then he fell asleep at some point. <laughs> waiting for her, I guess. I don't know that I'd be able to fall asleep. I'd probably be like a moving. Yeah, I'd be a wreck. Stuff, right? Looking around, you know, but he fell asleep. And the next day on May 27th, he reported her missing. And then he also went to friends uh, to see if they knew anything. That's when the carpool driver that would take Patricia back and forth like to work mm-hmm. and, you know, other women. This driver told Walter that he dropped Patricia off at the st- at a street corner in Independence, Missouri, and that a woman was there waiting for her. This is when Walter immediately suspected Sharon and he called her. Sharon admitted that she had met with her, but she said she dropped her off near their home in that evening. Uh, This was not good enough for Walter. And he went to find Sharon and he like threatened her at some point, held like a knife up to her throat, like telling her, like, where is she? Where is she? But Sharon like stuck to her story and she's like, I'm innocent. I don't know what happened to her. 
so then he left. And so when Walter left, Sharon called her uh, her regular, I don't know, one of her regular lovers, John Boltis, mm-hmm. to help her find Patricia to prove her innocence. So they drove around and somehow ended up finding the body of a woman in a secluded area a mile out of Independence. John Boldis later told police that it was his idea to look in this area, not Sharon's. And it happened to be one of their regular hookup spots. This woman ended up being Patricia Jones. Um, So like Sharon knew exactly where she was. <laughs> Suspicious. <What? laughs> and and people are not putting two and two together. Like not yet. <laughs> Patricia had been shot four times at close range with a .22 caliber pistol. This is the same kind of pistol that uh, her husband had that he was uh, killed with, that the police had this custody and uh, mm-hmm. this gun in custody. It's the same kind of pistol, a .22 caliber. Um, so, like, that's also suspicious. <laughs> um, so her time of death was announced uh, to be May 27th at 9 p.m., Police immediately brought Walter, John Boldis, and Sharon in for questioning. Walter and John agreed to lie detector tests and to sign written statements, and Sharon refused both. So she only gave an oral statement. What the hell? Yeah, so uh, another suspicion, another red flag. <laughs> then uh, the friend, the one of her lovers that had bought her gun, uh, her gun that he accidentally registered her name and then changed it to his own name. That friend came forward, a friend of hers, and uh, said, hey, she had me buy this gun for her. And then uh, police questioned her about it. And Sharon claimed to have lost it during her trip to Washington. And then she later claimed that the gun just disappeared. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> They're just like, what's the that's just nonsense. Uh, so Sharon was arrested on May 31st. Uh, this was the same night as Patricia Jones's funeral. Um, she was to be tried for Patricia's murder, but then investigators also pushed for her to be tried uh, for her husband's death as well, um, because that was previously ruled accidental. Uh, so they charged her with his death, too. The trials were postponed until Sharon gave birth. Um, this time she wasn't lying about being pregnant. She was. So the trial for Patricia's murder began after she gave birth to her third baby. And this started in June 1961. And it became a media sensation. She was found not guilty due to the lack of evidence. But also, apparently, like one of the jurors asked for her signature after the the trial was over. So that should have been like a mistrial right away. Because that juror obviously was a fan of hers, right? Like, (laughs) that's... All suspicious. So then the trial for her husband's death began on January 11th, uh, 1967. That seems like a very long time. I might have wrote something wrong. You know what? I think I miswrote the trial was not probably not June 1961. I don't know anymore. I wrote something one of these years wrong. Well, at the oh, same time. you know what? Okay, I think I think this January 11th is supposed to be 1964. Mm. Yeah, because um, my other note has a different year. Um, Typo, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) So she was found guilty during this trial. uh, But then this trial was declared a mistrial. Oh, my God. Due to procedural irregularities. And then a second trial began 
uh, and ended in a mistrial. <laughs> and then a third trial what happened in July 1964, and that ended in a hung jury. Oh, my God. So then there was a fourth trial scheduled for October 1964. And during this time, Sharon, this entire time, Sharon was out um, because her family had posted bail. And so she had been free, but like she had to stay in the area. But before the fourth trial, uh, she traveled to Mexico. Of course. With a, a different lover, Francis Samuel Puglis. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that last name right. Uh, and according to her bail company, under the legal terms of her bail, Sharon was allowed to leave the country, but she needed written permission that she never obtained. I'm just surprised that this woman who had murdered two people was allowed to leave anyway. That's so <laughs> like, weird. <laughs> yeah. So the couple arrived in Mexico City and they registered in a hotel under a married couple, like as a married couple. Uh, Sharon claimed that she felt unsafe and they went to buy a pistol. <laughs> oh, my God. She, she really loves her pistols. Mm-hmm. But she, they already had two other guns with them from the U.S. And then they started getting sick and they were running out of money. So on September 18th, 1964, Sharon left their hotel room to either obtain more money or medicine because they were having like diarrhea symptoms from like the food <laughs> or water. I don't know. <laughs> Both. They say, can, hey, no tomes el agua. Uh, don't drink the water from the faucet. Yeah. Uh, so... They probably did. <laughs> so she left the hotel. Then this is where she met Francisco Parades Ordonez at uh, a bar. And she accompanied him back to his hotel room. And then she claims uh, she claims that she went with him to see some pictures that she wanted. He wanted to show her. Uh, but then when she went inside, he threw himself onto her and she fired her gun to, to protect herself. So but but knowing the rest of the story, this sounds like complete lies to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just sounds like she likes shooting people. <laughs> yeah, she does. And I, I know a lot of people. She's trigger happy. <laughs> yes. And like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, like, you can't be a serial killer if you use a gun. I'm like, if you get some kind of weird, you know, happy hormone from it, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all very strange. So, uh, <laughs> So she ended up firing her gun and she claimed she didn't want to kill him. She just wanted to protect herself. But the um, gunshots uh, hit Francisco um, Paredes. My bad. I said Parades. Why did I? Oh, I wrote it wrong earlier. I meant to say Paredes, not Parades. But I wrote Parades. And I was like, that's not a last name. Sorry, Paredes. So the gunshots landed in his chest and basically killed him right away. And so then, upon hearing the gunshots, hotel employee Enrique Martinez Reda ran inside the room, and then she shot at him too. What the hell? <laughs> this this bitch just loves fucking shooting people. Like, and also, okay, I'm gonna say one thing. I looked at her picture. I'm like, man, I was gonna send you pictures at the end of this. Um, but yeah, no, but like, yeah. y'all, she's, I don't know. Maybe she, she has just looks like a plain white person <laughs> to me. To but wop. like the court, the court or the reportings at the time of her trials were like, oh, she's so beautiful. And I'm like, ah, 
I don't know. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, she's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So I don't know. The United States just loved her and it was a media frenzy. Um, but that was not the case in Mexico. So when she so she shot at the hotel employee, right? Enrique Martinez Reda, and he she clipped his shoulder. So he was uh, he was fine other than his shoulder. He ran out and locked her inside of the room and waited for police to arrive. When the Mexican police arrived, she told them the same like sob story like, oh, he he threw himself onto me and I shot him to protect myself. And then I was so afraid that the uh, hotel employee was going to attack me, too, that I shot at him, too. Like, that was her story. <laughs> Freaking weird. Mexican police was like, te pasas de lanza, te pasas. <laughs> like, this is not true. No mames. They didn't believe her. <laughs> ya no mames. No me veas la cara de pendejo. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, don't, you can't fool us, essentially, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they believed her intention was to rob Francisco Paredes Ordoñez, and he refused to give her money. That's when she shot him. That's what they believe. And then she was just shooting at the hotel employee to, you know, try and get away. So she was charged with homicide and assault with a deadly weapon. Upon searching her purse, they found another or they found the gun that she used and 50 cartridges. Uh, and then when searching the hotel room, they found more guns and Damn. more bullets. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, uh, her uh, lover, Francis, was also arrested and charged with carrying an unlicensed gun and for illegally entering the country. <laughs> Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> Who's illegal now? No, just kidding. No, humans are illegal. Okay. So. <laughs> except when you're in, you're a white person in Mexico. I mean, considering that they colonized everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I was dying when I read that. And uh, so one of the guns they found in the room was connected, surprise, to the murder of Patricia Jones. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Who's right. shocked? Who's shocked here? <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, they were both tried in the summer of 1965. Uh, Francis was cleared of his charges and deported back to the United States. Again, how the turntables. Um, Sharon was convicted. She was... They everyone thought she was just going to be put on probation and then deported back to the United States like Francis. Mm -hmm. But instead, she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Oh, my God. Um, I think that's the highest thing yes. in Mexico. Yeah, right? yeah. At the time it was. Yeah. So then she appealed her conviction. Hoping for a lighter sentence. And instead, the three-judge panel increased her sentence by three years. <laughs> on the chingando. Oh, my God. They were, yeah, right? <laughs> they, um, they were like, you know what? The 10 years was too lenient seeing how you intended to rob this man. So they added another three years. <laughs> like three years? Why? Por pendeja. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's the minimum. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want more? she's gonna say something else more years <laughs> like the fucking that movie um well i'm talking about not another teen movie but you know the movie that not another teen movie is making fun of uh -huh. what is that movie uh, they're in detention and he's like uh i'm gonna give you more detention if you say something and then the guy just keeps talking and he's like more more <laughs> so yeah this was um this was sharon <laughs> 
Um, and during this trial is when she earned the and when she went to prison. This is where she earned uh, the nickname La Pistolera. <laughs> and after seeing how many people she shot, yeah, the name is fitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trigger happy. Yes. Yeah. On the afternoon of December 7th, 1969, Sharon Kenny was not there for the 5.30 p.m. roll call. Uh, she was not announced missing until she missed the second roll call later that night. And then her escape wasn't announced to officials until the next morning at 2 a.m. What the hell? Yeah. And then a manhunt began, but it was short-lived. By December 18th, it was announced over. Um, it was suspected that she had fled to Guatemala, possibly, um, but she could have been in like any Spanish speaking country. Uh, she became fluent in Spanish uh, because of her prison time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But you know what? Look at her. She assimilated. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her on assimilating. <laughs> I wonder oh if she God, says no mama's way. She probably does. She probably says all the slang. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even tell her apart. She's just she's just a white Mexican now. She's a white Mexican. <laughs> um, so then in December of 1969, late December, the investigation was officially ended. Uh, there was no leads to pursue at all. They didn't know where to look for her anymore. There were multiple theories about Sharon's escape. Some people thought she bribed prison guards, uh, that she enlisted the help of a supposed boyfriend in Mexico City. Jeez, that was a policeman. She... Yeah. <laughs> but like knowing her and all the shit she's done, I don't put any of these past her. Yeah. She... There's a few more. Yeah. So then they believed that her mother, her own mother, was involved in the escape plan. Um, a former Mexican street ser- secret service agent had assisted in her escape. <laughs> That she had dressed up as a man to uh, escape. Some speculate that the Ordonez family took her out of prison to kill her themselves. Hmm. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. These are all speculations. But more than 50 years have passed since her escape. And she remains at large. Her whereabouts and her ultimate fate are unknown. But her arrest warrant is the longest and oldest outstanding murder warrant in the kansas city area <laughs> wow yes and uh, mexico has said that if she is found she's she wouldn't serve more time she would just finish her official sentence because at the time of her escape escaping from prison wasn't a felony so what? <laughs> yeah so if she was ever found she would be returned to prison to just finish her original why don't term. they extradite her though they don't know where she's at. Nobody no, knows what I happened know, to like, her. No, but I know, like, when she was in the Mexican jail. Oh, I don't know. They just kept her there for murdering murdering the Mexican yeah, man. Yeah, but um, if they knew, like, yeah. they were also searching for her here, I would extradite her and be like, you know what? You gotta add 10 extra years. But, you know, if she had been, I feel like if she had been deported, somehow she would have gotten away with it as she got away with the other two. That, that may Like, be. all those mistrials. Um, so, yeah, who knows? She just had luck on her side in the United States. I don't understand how she was able to, like, have so many weird occurrences in her court cases. Right? Yeah. Definitely weird. 
But if she is still alive, she is super old. Um, So if she's alive, she's, you know, just super old, living her best life and who knows where. Or she could be, you know, no longer with us. I don't know. It's been a while. I think she's gone. I think she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> In short, I do not believe her to be alive anymore. <laughs> I-, I don't think she would allow. I-, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But she was really trigger happy. You'd think that there would be more cases of like white woman goes crazy shooting people. Yes, that's that's why a lot of people believe she's not alive anymore because there haven't been any more similar shootings. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt the family try like got her out to kill her themselves. Like, wouldn't doubt it. Right, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but she, I feel like she probably escaped and just you know just died of old age or something. That's no, no, just- not even old age. Maybe she died when she escaped. Maybe. Because she would for sure. She would have for sure killed more people. And yeah, and somebody <laughs> probably would have shot back. Yeah. Or something. So maybe that happened too. I we don't can, know. We can only guess. But I don't think she's <laughs> alive. That's my two cents. No. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was a wild ass case. That's I don't a wild like, case. Why, why is this woman with the widest name I've ever heard, Sharon Kinney, why is her name La Pistolera? <laughs> That's how I ended up down this rabbit hole. <laughs> so funny, though. I mean, like, yeah. What does it? What does a TikTok say? Not funny, ha ha. Funny, weird. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is our episode. Uh, do you have any spooky recommendations um, this week? Aside from the same thing that I've been watching, which is the uh, what is it? The chest of curiosity. I don't remember. <laughs> the cabinet. Yeah, that one. <laughs> You're saying chess because of poor Ordonez who was shot in the chest. Yes. But no, it's cabinet. Cabinet of, of curiosity. Cabin? Cabin? Cabinet? Cabinet. I cabinet. Okay. Something. Okay. <laughs> the Netflix series from Guillermo del Toro. Did he write the 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 script and then had his like director friends? Direct- you no, know, I don't know. I haven't looked into the details of I'm it. I've so only been watching it. I'm so confused why he's the presenter and then it says directed by or produced by or whatever. I don't know. I honestly I'm have like, no idea. I'm like a bit just confused, but I, I am enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah, this confusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I think that was my recommendation last week, but I'm still watching it. I haven't finished. Yeah, I haven't finished either. I do have one uh, spooky recommendation that's not the same one that you just said because that was I've been watching that too but um, this is a podcast so uh, sometimes well when we had I think we had COVID around the same time maybe I don't remember anymore but when I had COVID I was having insomnia I couldn't sleep and so I started listening to Sandman Stories um, the podcast is called Sandman Stories Presents mm-hmm. but he really just like reads a story and he puts like sound effects in the background uh, his name is Dustin. Super cool. Friend of the podcast. Yes. He's a super cool person. But he did uh, all of October. He did um, stories from a book that he obtained uh, and the author gave him permission to read the stories. Um, what is the book? Ecuadorian Ghost Stories. So uh, episodes 148 through 151 he did from this book. Uh, and they're all Ecuadorian spooky stories. I listen to all of these. They're all super good. He, um, I have fallen asleep to his the sound of his voice in my ears, which is a weird thing to say because like I know him through Twitter, right? But uh-huh. he's it's, he's such a good storyteller. He puts 
you know, all these effects into his um it's like a soothing bedtime story, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also creepy for, for, because for of the us. stories themselves. For, for crazy yes, people yeah, like us. It's soothing <laughs> for us. Yeah. But yeah, uh, his whole podcast is good. But because this is a spooky recommendation, I specifically recommend episodes 148 through 151. Mm-hmm. They're all from that um, Ecuador Ghost Stories book. So yeah, that is my recommendation mm-hmm. this week. I was about to pack, catch up to his stuff this today or yes tomorrow because i've been i'm behind two weeks on everything yeah i'm behind on stuff too because my family was visiting and then it was my little niece's birthday then it was mateo's birthday uh my four he's four now my four-year-old so crazy that is wild oh my god wow sometimes i freak out two years because i'm i have like my son is like two years away not even two years less than two years now like a year and a half away from being a teenager and i'm like fudge damn yeah <laughs> anyway i just heard my little baby crying so i guess i should end this but before we go i just want to check when we hit two years because we're getting close oh he's crying more let me scroll should down. be at the end of the month no oh end of the month you know i don't remember that's what i'm checking <laughs> i don't remember either uh, should we do something like a Q and A? I don't know. If you have any questions, send them into Instagram or something. We'll try to remember to answer them <laughs> <laughs> for our episode. That whatever our two year episode is. Let me see. So it'll be, I guess, the twenty fifth of November. So the last episode of November will be our two year anniversary episode. Mm-hmm. Wild. That is crazy. Yeah, I can't believe it's been two years. And we're, we haven't hit episode 100 because we have taken breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I mean, you, you had a baby. Yeah, yeah. And then my kids went back to school, which that was hella weird after the pandemic. <laughs> then you had, at some point we both had COVID. So yeah, I've had I mean, COVID like happen. three times now. <laughs> true, true. That was the only like. But one of them, one of them almost met, like your COVID and my COVID almost met. <laughs> yeah. And we had to do a break. Like I couldn't do the podcast without you. Cause sometimes that happens and I'll, you know, I'll find people to fill in. But that time was not possible. Cause I think we were both sick. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were both like with the, and then afterwards with the COVID, um covid fog that like finally yes. lifted like yeah. a month or two ago fully <laughs> nice mine has not <laughs> or or i've always been this way and i can't remember i don't know <laughs> anyway what a good place to end the episode um i don't know don't go out and i don't know i was gonna try and end this to relate it to la pistolera but i can't <laughs> just don't be like la pistolera okay? yes the only thing we want you to pistear are drinks, okay? Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want you to be alcoholics either, okay? You know what? Just do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and stay a spooky. We'll catch everyone next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to the spooky supporting us on Patreon. Your support means the world to us. And if you want to join the Patreon and get bonus episodes, monthly goodies in the mail, and more, go over to patreon.com slash Tales. Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, produced and edited by Christina, and is a proud member of the Cultivate Network. For more podcasts on the network, check out cultivatepodcastnetwork.com. 
Don't forget to check out our spooky merch. We have spooky shirts, we have no mamas shirts, and we have a cool hat that I just added. It's like a baseball hat, not like a hat hat. Um, we also have a beanie in there, and they just say a spooky on there, but I'm a big fan of the hat. It says a spooky in old English letters, and I love it. I wear it every day, not because I want to go around repping the podcast, but it's comfy. It's a great hat. You can go to spookytales.com slash store. I'm always adding new designs. But don't even worry if you cannot support us monetarily because the most important support is what you're already doing, giving us a listen. If you listen and you love what we do, feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this with your spooky friends. Spooky season is upon us, so this is our time of year. Stay as spooky. Spooky.